Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Saturday, April 16th. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It is another week past. Yes, it is Saturday, not Friday. It was good Friday, so... I wanted to give you guys a good day off. I didn't want you to have to listen to me. We are back. It is Chris and Jimmy. What up, Jimmy? Hey, so new polls out this week, and they are pretty interesting. Uh, Gallup poll, and the overall poll, I believe, has Biden at like a 42% overall approval rating. But the, the interesting parts about it were uh, amongst millennials. So a year ago, he had 62% of millennials saying he did a good, he's doing a good job. As of this past week, the new poll has them has millennials, and I think that, I think they say that's age groups like 17 to 24. Millennials are all the way up through my age, so somewhere in their late 30s. So the, I think you're talking about Gen Z. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, yes, Gen, Gen Z. Yeah. It, it, yeah, because Gen Z was first. So they were 62% a year ago. Okay. 37% today, yeah. this week. Wow. That's a huge loss in Absolutely. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, Gen Z had, definitely was, was trending more conservative after there, there's kind of a, a balance... Uh, with the millennials independence and this is this is key right. as everyone knows this is key for any election or to get to get elected uh independence were at 57 percent last year hmm. 32 wow this week wow 32 percent. so he's lost a considerable amount you can't win you can't win with only 32 percent support gotcha. um, identified independence yeah, it's just not no. the surprising one to me. The most surprising one was Hispanics. So I think they were around 64, somewhere between 64 and 66 percent. 33. Wow. This week. Yeah, that's a huge flip in, in approval rating. You've lost half. Right. <laughs> so where? So he's he must be gaining ground, though, in some in some areas, some demographic, because. If he's, I know he was down there in the thirty-three percent approval rating, right? Yes. Well, yes and no. So I think the way this poll was laid out, it doesn't really lend itself to that kind of number. Gotcha. Because it's segregated. You know, you first and foremost, you're always going to have the Democrats, yeah. the liberals, who are always going to vote, just like you have the Republicans that are always going to vote. You know, Republican, regardless of how terrible a candidate is. Um, so, but even, but even with that, I think he had like 78 or 79% a year ago mm -hmm. amongst Democrats. Yeah. Um, even that is, was it like 57%? So he's even lost there uh, over the last year. Um, and of course, I think Republicans were like 87% uh, disapproval and the rest of them didn't answer the question. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. I would imagine. I can't. I, I'd like to see who these people are. But we're definitely seeing a, a greater divide in the liberal Democrats and the progressive Democrats. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, there's, I think the liberal Democrats are starting to get really tired of some of the stuff just getting out of hand. Yeah. So I think there's a noticeable shift there in a positive way. Um, but I just don't know, like, I think I've said before, I don't have faith that (laughs) they're, that they're are really recognizing the flaws and they're just not just going to try this again with another democratic candidate. Oh, and, and they may very well. I right. mean, this may just be, this may just signal the end for any hopes that Biden has, uh, you know, trying to come out of a primary, like he may not even win the primary to, to run for reelection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they'll get him is if they put a candidate up that people are more apt to vote for that may bring bring people back to um to voting for them but what it signals at least for the midterms right now so the the other one that they had was uh they had a poll where it was uh evenly split democrat democrats and republicans which is very rare because it's generally not but this one was evenly split i think it was 1400 people and 63 percent of the people that were polled said they wanted the Republicans to take over the house. Wow. So if you have an even, if you have 700 Democrats and 700 Republicans and you get 62% yeah. to say that they want it, they're choosing one party over the other to take control of a, a house or of a body of, con- you know, one of the bodies of Congress, that's huge. I mean, that's very telling and that's not even taken into account independence because it was just strictly Democrat Republican sure. on this poll. So that's huge. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what we what we get in October or I'm sorry, November, whatever it is, the just that that late late year election season and how things are going to shift politically. Um but what I'm thinking about is what is that going to mean for the Biden administration and are they going will they even bother primary primarying him? Will he be pushed aside and you know essentially well, they can't publicly stop him. they can't stop him from running but will they encourage him not to maybe and they may already be doing that i mean i i probably would be able to make a pretty strong case to him that it's not in his or the party's best interest right. for him to run again. well because what he'll be 82 i think yeah. by the time he finishes another another term i think well i think at the end of this term he's 79 now is he yeah is, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so be 82 80... then at the start. Uh, right. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, for this country who's always against these old, powerful white men, that's certainly who they <laughs> just want to put up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, everything leans, you know, the longer and long, the more and more time that goes by, everything leans to he was a, he was a plant to me in my mind, because I mean, just look at just look at the level of respect we talked about and mm. you know over the last couple of shows that he gets on the public stage i mean even his own party mm-hmm. is basically shunning him publicly yeah um i mean so there there's no doubt in my mind that you know another candidate who comes along that's who's going to get the backing it's just not it's not going to be him and kamala no i don't no i don't think so everybody recognizes that i think in this last election it was to me, the voter base saw that connection to Obama, yep. and that's what they wanted to go back to. But now you see how Obama even treats Biden. Right. I mean, he completely disregards him. Um, and, and, you know, 
who knows? Who knows? You know, Barack Obama, say what you want about him, but he's not a dumb guy. Um, and, you know, who he may very well be behind the scenes putting a candidate up against Biden. Well, I would not be shocked to see Michelle Obama really throw her hat in the ring. Uh, um, I think that'll be a really uh, reasonable candidate i mean it wouldn't be a dumb move by them no that's got the popularity no exactly that's what i think i don't think i mean politically politically does anybody really know what she stands for whether she's far left or whether she's you know middle of the road or anything like that i don't think so because she never really even though i mean obviously she touted her husband's you know what what barack obama was doing while he was in office but i don't think that there's ever really been anything out there as far as you know, what, what kind of agenda she would try to push. Oh, my expectation is they don't care. They just think <laughs> True. He, that he will be pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, to get a chance to get him back in the white house, basically through a loophole and, yeah. and uh, is they'd certainly take it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it wouldn't be a dumb move on their part. I, I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. Maybe. Uh, I, I just don't know who it is because I don't think they, they I don't think they have the ability to push a strong progressive no candidate absolutely not I, the country's sick of progressivism right I mean they're, they're, that that gets shown almost every day now uh, where people even even the people who are you know quasi woke are sick and tired of the wokeness. Yeah, I think I think a lot of issues, um, including immigration, mm-hmm. uh, abortion, gun rights, they're all kind of coming to light. And I think we're going to see some some progression in those areas in this next two years of what's going to happen. Um, well, in June. So a big thing as far as gun rights go, mm-hmm. a big thing in June to be looking for is the uh, Supreme Court heard a case, New York v. somebody or somebody v. New York. Uh, last year in November, I believe. Um, and, and that opinion is supposed to be released here somewhere around June. That's going to be huge because if that comes out in favor of the individual, all these states that have these uh, pretty restrictive gun laws are going to have to completely revamp. Their, I'd like to see that. Life. I would I'd love like to, to see that. that. I mean, cause we're, we're, one thing that kind of came to light for me and you know, my ignorance uh, shouldn't be excused here, but I didn't realize how many States already were, had a constitutional carry policy. I think they're up to 29. Yeah. Now we're moving towards, I think, I I don't know if we quite got there, but maybe there's 29 in consideration that are um, maybe putting, putting uh, bills forth to, to, I think Georgia, If Georgia hasn't voted on that, I think they're the most recent one to come online. I'm not sure if any other states have, but I think they're about 25. Tennessee. We're pushing over that halfway point anyway. Yeah. Hey, that's a majority. I mean, like it's a good trend, you know, so I'd like to see that come around in more states. Well, and and the other thing that that does is it it shuts down any hope of any kind of uh, uh, amendment changes or because in order for them to change an amendment to the constitution, you have to have two thirds of the states to vote on it as well. So, um, you know, any, and and of course the only amendment they ever push to get changed is the second amendment. Uh, Although they, they try to, uh, what's the word? Uh, If you're not doing it out in the open, if you're doing it like black ops, 
mm. you know, uh, clandestine. Yeah. They're, you know, they're using clandestine tactics to try to mute the First Amendment. They're not outwardly coming out and saying that, uh, you know, we need to do a, uh, an, uh, an amendment to the Constitution or to the First Amendment. Um, but they're certainly trying to do it. And, you know, a huge sign of that we were talking about just before we started here. A huge sign of that is the reaction to Elon Musk. Yes. You know, trying to take over Twitter uh, or trying to buy Twitter because uh, the backlash that the left is throwing about that is tremendous. Yeah. And there's a reason. The reason is, is because they don't want anyone else to be able to control the narrative on a very popular, large um, social media platform. And Twitter, you know, if, you know, I think the first thing Elon Musk would do is be to reinstate Trump's account. I would <laughs> hope so. I would hope so. Um, I, there was, we, he, he has made it clear where he stands. Hmm? And so he doesn't, he, he's anti-censorship, pro-First Amendment, pro-free speech. And that scares people for some reason. I don't get yeah. it. Well, that's the problem. They don't, they said they claim to be for free speech, but the only free speech they want to hear is the free speech that agrees with them. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, I'm, I've just been blown away by how many people are coming out and saying, no, we need more moderation. We need more censorship on these platforms, not less. Yeah. And I think that people confuse sometimes censorship with what's, what would be another word? It's not, I don't think that people, I think people don't understand censorship censorship is the blocking of your free speech right i think what most people really believe is like use tiktok for example tiktok has a really bad rap because they don't come down on like these people who've been on there talking about uh uh, uh child ch child sexual predators um where they're not they're not stepping in and talking. They had like map, what was it called? Map day or something mm -hmm. like that, where minors minor attracted person that... minor attracted person day and all that. And and TikTok just let it go. Really? I mean, that's not censorship. No. That is um, hey, dumbasses, you know, what you're talking about is one, illegal, um, and and two, not appropriate to be publicly discussed. Um so I don't really see that as censorship. And I think that that's what people confuse sometimes. Having said that, I think that the left, again, they they want anything that doesn't agree with their agenda or their values blocked. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and I think eventually it's only a matter of time until that comes around to bite them. And then they start to realize, well, wait a second. Now something I support is. Right. Going to be censored. But so. the only way that's going to happen is if people like Elon Musk. Right start taking over some of these platforms because I, I saw an interview with him yesterday and uh the guy asked him well you, you you know you're 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 gonna you're trying to buy twitter um what you know what is there anything else he's like yeah you know we'll see you know if there's another one out there that i think i might be interested in i might go after that one too yeah yeah <laughs> so you know and that probably puts the fear of god in them because guess what he's got the money right yeah it's it's that was one thing I was curious about because I try to look at it from all sides and consider what we would do, what we would think if this was somebody who was pushing for more censorship yep. that had that kind of power. So I've been, I've been interested to see how 
he's handling this because with Elon, it clearly hasn't been a calculated long-term strategy no. move. He's kind of shooting from the hip yeah. here. He's doing it because he can. Yeah. He's doing it because he can and because he doesn't like what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the bottom line yeah. of what it boils down to is he's just not a fan. Well, yeah, he realizes that he can, that he's like, you know what? I don't like this. And you know, I, I'm going to exercise the yeah. strength and, and power that I have. It blows my mind how, how much bandwidth this guy has. The amount of things that he's involved <laughs> yeah. with, the most advanced technology we have going to outer space, yep. Tesla, um, AI, and, you know, can just dabble in social media platforms whenever he feels yeah, like it. Yeah, and he said that, um, I think, I think the estimated value of Twitter was 39 billion. Mm -hmm. He offered him almost 42, right? It's like 41, six. Yeah. Something, something like around there. Yeah. Um, and so what that does is that forces the ownership because it's a publicly traded company that forces them to take it to the board. Uh, I guess they have a board of directors, I guess is what you'd call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they have no choice but to take it. Now, the board has done some interesting things in the last 24 to 48 hours where I think they call it the poison pill, where they've put something in place to, you know, if this starts to gain more steam, there's things that they can do to kind of crash it. But if Elon Musk decides that he's going to buy 15 percent, if he's if he's going to be a 15 percent stock stockholder, there's nothing they can do. So I think right now he's at 9%. He's the second highest because another company, Vortex, I think was the name of the company um, this week, bought 10% of... Oh, after he did? Yes. So he's no longer, so he's no longer the, the, the highest. He's at 9%. Oh, they're at 10%. So I think, you know, in order for him to like completely collapse any hope of them stopping anything, he would have to at a minimum be 15% shareholder. Well, I know the issue was... That when they were offering him a position on the board that they were going to, if he took that position, he could not, right. Gain, could not which buy as much as 15%. Absolutely. Which is why he didn't take it Absolutely. because he knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, obviously there's probably not like a set time limit where they have to make a decision about this, but you know, shareholders, um, shareholders, you know, that's, that's 40, 40, almost 42 billion in cash. Yeah. So I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand whose decision that really is to, it's gotta be the boards, right? The entire yeah. board basically yeah. uh, as a vote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, that, I, I mean, we, one of the most vocal I saw was the prince from Saudi Arabia, which I had no idea was that big of a stakeholder Yeah. in Twitter. Um, certainly not coming from a country that values free, free speech, speech. Yeah, no shit. so that was an interesting aspect so so we'll see what happens i yeah. mean that's uh that's a pretty cool story um going on right now and uh be interesting to see how that shakes out and what what twitter and you know the left i mean just go on twitter uh or or uh, instagram or any of it and start reading the uh reading the hate that's on there about him even attempting this. And uh, it's pretty comical. It is entertaining. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Hey, so another sign that uh, things are kind of rolling, 
the same way we've expected him to over the last year, year and a half or so. Crime. Hate crimes in particular. In New York City, I'll just use New York City because that's what they're putting the statistics out for. Hate crimes in New York City are up 76% this year compared to this time last year. <laughs> well, that you know, when you try to defund the police and you impose all these lockdown restrictions on people. Um, yeah. And if you look, I can promise you that across the country in places that are doing the same exact things, you know, getting these prosecutors who aren't prosecuting criminals, um, like you said, the mass mandates, the, you know, whatever, the stay at home mandates, all this crap. Uh, I guarantee you that uh, the numbers are probably pretty similar in those places. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a correlate, strong correlation between all those places. And and yeah, you 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 said it. There's a lot of factors um, being light on crime and you know letting people out of jail that they you know say shouldn't be there for X and X reason. However, then they go out and commit more violent crime and. It just, it all snowballs. Yep. And so uh, look for those to continue to rise because, again, uh, you have seen absolutely no movement whatsoever. And not even a, it's not even that it's not even a movement to, to try to fix these types of things. It's a refusal to acknowledge the existence of this administration that this is a problem. Uh, it. it Similar to the southern border, I think, what was it? Uh, yeah, 400 pounds of meth, cocaine, and heroin uh, were seized at the border in California this week. I mean, and that was just one bust. Who knows? I mean, that's the one that they're talking about because it was such a big, mm -hmm. you know, it's 400 freaking pounds. Of but I think, it, unfortunately, it's not that uncommon for stuff like that to happen. Well, and certainly not now. Yeah. I mean, again, you're going to have these people who are coming across with all this stuff. And, you know, are you going to, you know, they come across in California. Is the prosecutor going to put them in jail with no bail? No. He's going to let them go back. And what do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to sit around in the United States and wait for their trial? No, they're going to be right back across the border again and, and doing the same thing. They may not come back over now that they've been charged, but they probably will. I mean, this is, you know, the way I like to think about it all the time is, you know, for every time that one of these folks gets caught, they've probably made it across a hundred times. Right. So, you know. Well, and they, yeah, and they, they just know. And then they know that they're light on the penalties and they're, even if they do get kicked back, then that's, that's probably the worst of it for them. So they're just going to do it again. I do like, you know, talking about the border. What I do like is I think we've now had three or four buses from Texas. Yeah, I was going to certainly get there. <laughs> We've had three or four buses now. Governor Abbott, for those of you who don't know, Governor Abbott, the governor of Texas, uh, signed basically what is akin to an executive order from the president, but for the state of Texas, that uh, any illegal immigrants that they come in contact with uh, are basically being put on buses and driven up here to D.C. and dropped off on the corner of the road in D.C., um, his thought process is if you're not going to fix the border here, we're going to bring the problem to you and you can deal with it up there. We're not dealing with it down here anymore. And, uh, like I said, I can't remember if it was the third, I think yesterday was the third bus. I'm not sure if one showed up today. 
but they dropped him off right in DC. Smart move, smart move. I think hopefully it it at least gets the point across, which is what I think they're trying to do. Um, I don't know what these people must have voluntarily chose to get on the bus and come here. I and I don't no, know well, what kind of no, plan they have. No, because one of the stories that came out of it was so when they dropped off the first bus of them, the, of course the media yeah. was right there on like the media sure. knew right where these people were getting dropped off. And uh they were interviewing mm-hmm. them right there and they, they interviewed two guys. Uh, they were one was like a 23-year-old male and the other one was like an 18 or 19-year-old male. And uh although they were happy to not be in the border states anymore, um what they said was is well we really wanted to go to miami yeah i heard that <laughs> and then then we heard but the sanus yeah the sanus issued a stern warning saying don't come here yeah that life will not be good for you here mm-hmm. we will we will not handle you the same yeah, you way we nothing will, we will enforce the uh constitutional restrictions uh against illegals illegal yeah. immigration um so but yeah so i don't think that they really were that they really did volunteer i think that law enforcement under the cognizance of the governor in that state you know if they want to put them on a bus and ship them the hell out of their state i I don't know that there's anything that stops that and obviously not because what i haven't heard is i haven't heard anybody from the biden administration coming out and saying oh this is illegal we're going to challenge this in court uh and you know you know if they thought that there was any possibility that this was something that a governor couldn't do they'd already be you know merrick garland would already be in federal court well how could they push against it because i mean they're yeah, the I mean, ones that want policy. them here yeah they want them here they certainly they're not forcing them out of the country well so we'll they... see we'll see how the people at dc uh start to feel about this if this continues and it and as the population increases more and more and more and starts absorbing the already horribly run governmental system that they have in dc right um for the people who live in dc that well, personally i hate to see it because you know and i you know i understand how texas feels because yeah. i wouldn't want them here but i don't want them here either right yeah you no, know I got you. these people did not come into the country the the right way right and and we've seen nothing but increased crime rates amongst this population um it's not going to be good for the communities uh and you know who's going to house these people um it's only going to cost the taxpayer more and more as more of these people just continue to flood in the country especially as uh title 42 gets lifted yeah that's it's well and when we were talking about the polls in the first (laughs) half um with the hispanics that was actually like one of the i think it was the number one driving force behind why they said that they have no confidence in him was because of the title 42 because people that are here legally and you know uh i get you can't really call them i guess foreign-born citizens hispanics that came here legally and are living here legally um they're not for absolutely not why should they 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 spent probably a a good amount of money yeah years waited for the process and did the right thing they worked hard to get where they are and they're and it probably takes away their opportunities and they feel cheated yeah and uh so we'll see i mean again and this is this is the part that kills me This, this is how you know how out of touch and i don't just blame democrat 
lawmakers for this. There's a certain to a certain extent it's across board. I think theirs is a little bit more extreme how out of touch they are with actual Americans. You see it on the Republican side too. I just don't think it's as extreme. I think I think your Republican leadership or your Republican elected officials are more apt to be willing to talk to like normal everyday American people. Whereas the progressive liberals, they have no interest in having a dialogue with anybody outside of the DC bubble. Like, and that's, you know, and they're disillusioned to, well, I can't say that. I can't say they're disillusioned. I think they actively don't want to, to have that conversation with anybody. I mean, they believe what they believe, or at least they say they believe what they believe. They're certainly pushing for it. Um, and they, they just have no desire to actually have that kind of, so they're so far out of touch with reality of what an average everyday American. And, you know, again, these polls show it, especially with the independents, uh, because they're going to, they're going to get, they're going to get shit hammered in November. I'm just like, I'm like completely convinced after, after seeing these polls this week and it's Gallup, it's a Gallup poll. It's not like it's some, you know, Southwest creatine college poll you know <laughs> it's uh this is a you know this is a national poll that's pretty accredited uh on most things and uh it is not looking good and you can tell i mean look at chuck todd look at uh um you know a, a bunch of the cnn anchors um again msnbc is never going to come off the ledge they're you know they're either on the ledge or they're jumping uh, with the progressive liberals, uh, but but anybody with like half a brain, uh, they're. I mean, CNN's not being friendly to this administration anymore. Um, you know, and Fox News, you can argue about Fox News all day. I think they're just they are what they are, um, and they're never going to agree with a Democratic. Right? You know, it just it is what it is. Um, but but the fact that CNN and, you know, someone like a Wolf Blitzer and, you know, who you haven't heard about any of this stuff, which, you know, their silence is just as important as anything that they say a lot of times. But like George Stephanopoulos, you don't hear him coming out and saying, and, you know, trying to defend or, or anything like that. And none of them are really out. I haven't even heard anything about Rachel Maddow coming out and really defending uh, the Biden administration, although she won't ever say anything against them. Um, she's certainly not defending them. And then you got like your Bill Mars who are like actively out there saying, this is just ridiculous. And this guy's doing nothing. You don't hear Hollywood out there toting this guy up, you know, like, you know, like when Obama was in office or when Trump was in office, conversely, where they were, you know, ripping him down every day. Um, you, you, they're dead silent. Yeah, I, I think there's still too many of them that are um, they they're just compelled to defend what they voted for. And they're going to the only defense that they're going to have is, well, you know, well, Trump did this and that. And this is what you guys are going to do. So they don't really have a defense. Um, but, yes, it's very clear that well, they're that's not just when supporting. You get that's just when you get when you bring that up. That's just when you get called a racist. Yeah. Like or a homophobe or a transphobe or whatever phobia or ism that they want to throw at you to try to end the conversation. Whatever conversation <laughs> turns to when you want to have zero accountability yeah. for yourself. Like BLM now saying that the tax code 
is racist. Well, I say BLM, the woman who is one of the women who is in charge, one of the founders who, you know, can't account for, you know, the $60 million that they took in or uh, has not explained how she all of a sudden was able to afford a $6 million mansion. She is saying that the tax code, why? Why is the tax code? Oh, because it's time to file those taxes and uh, disclose how you got that $6 million to buy that $6 million mansion. Yeah, it certainly deflect de- deflect away from my shady practices. Yeah, and you know, let's let's put this on on the man that's been putting me down for all of history. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's the it's the go to. And again, yeah. it's been oh, it's been so overused and so overplayed. I don't think most people care anymore. I mean, I know I certainly don't. Yeah, if, I think it's getting there. Yeah. If I was in a conversation with somebody, and the first thing that they do is is call me a racist or a homophobe and i get it all the time you know i you know i go on social media and just like (laughs) blast these idiots all the time and then have fun with it for three hours (laughs) um and 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 that's the thing you know their immediate their immediate is you're you're homophobic i'm like um okay well yeah we're talking about like uh you know low emissions vehicles and all of a sudden i'm homophobic yeah. i'm like you do you, you do understand how stupid you sound by even like trying to make that well yeah if you, <laughs> that leap <laughs> any sort of criticism against you know like, anything well you're right <laughs> yeah goes, yeah yeah that's true anything you know, and that's what it oh turns look to. the sky's blue um i don't think climate change is real you're you're racist some, you know, I think that, we've certainly heard that argument. I think at yep. least even from the president. Yep, absolutely. So, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is a non-political one, um, but I found it really interesting because I, I, again, I think this ties into the wokeness and, and, you know, it could potentially tie into the hope that there's prosecutors out there that, that don't want to charge to the extreme or not to the extreme, but I mean, I guess kind of the letter of the law. Uh, because a lot of them aren't even charging or aren't even allowing police to charge people for certain crimes now. Uh, this woman, I believe she was in Nevada um, last year sometime, drowned her two-year-old and her five-year-old in the bathtub. I'm not aware of this. And so now it's coming to trial. So, you know, you know, it takes a while to get through the court systems anyway with all the pretrial motions and and all that stuff. And one of the motions that was made by this woman's attorney was that her being charged with murder is too harsh of a is too harsh of a charge. She shouldn't be charged with murder. Hmm. Now she drowned her two year old and her five year old in the bathtub. The husband came home. Um, she met him in the kitchen of their house or in the foyer or wherever when he first came in. And she said, I did something really bad. I hurt our children. He goes through the house looking for him, finds them both submerged underwater in the bathtub. But this pro- this defense attorney's argument is being charged with murder for that it's too harsh. Is there any sort of insanity <laughs> plea for oh, her? I'm sure there's gonna be. Uh, I imagine but, so. But, but that's that, a lot different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. How can you justify not murder in this case? But where... I think it again. I mean, I, what was the lady Yates was the probably the most famous 
uh, lady back in, I think like 2002, um, she drowned her kids and she, she tried it. She tried a, an insanity plea too. And I, I, I think it fast. she's in jail for the rest of her life uh, for doing it. And, you know, certainly I, I expect that this lady's probably going to attempt an insanity plea as well. Um, but that's a far cry from a lawyer standing in front of a judge and, or making a motion that they need to be recharged because being charged with murder is too harsh, too harsh for somebody <laughs> that physically drowned their children. And she admitted it. I mean, she told her husband as soon as he walked in the door, I did something bad to our children. So you have recognition that what you did was wrong. You know, I mean, it's not like you're confused as to what you did. So how is it not premeditated murder? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think I think we see a lot of uh, defense from the left in, in situations like that. And they're going to say, oh, well, we need to think about her mental state. And well, yeah, what's done is done. So we need to, you know, try to help her. But Michael Vick also needs to be strung up <laughs> that's right. and, you know, hung to dry. Well, and that's the thing that kills me about about this. So like the go to the go to and it's not just as like, I think about sports, right? Think about uh God, I'm I'm so bad with names today. I can't even remember her damn name. What was the gymnast uh, from the that, Olympics? Oh, that that quit. That quit. Yeah, whatever her name was. Gabby. Was no, it? Was she a Gabby? I don't. I don't. I don't, know. I don't remember her freaking name. Gabriel. Uh, wasn't it Gab, Gabriel? Gabriel. Uh, something. Oh, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, 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 there's so many woke people. You know, your Kaepernick's and your whoever. I uh, I, I, I just lose focus on their names, but. You know, anytime <laughs> something like this happens, the left's go-to is mental illness. Right. Unless, unless it's a white guy shooting a bunch of people somewhere. Then it's, then it's guns. But outside of that, it's their go-to is mental illness. Simone Biles, sorry. Simone Biles. That's <laughs> I'm an idiot, name. too. That's an, I'm like, God, I can't. Well, the good thing is, is I haven't seen her in any commercials or anything. Right, yeah. So, you know, maybe she... Maybe she's, you know, getting whatever help she needed for being a quitter. But because um, <laughs> it was. Yeah. But that's their go to. It's like, oh, mental health. And then they defend it automatically. They go to that because that's the easiest thing in the world for them to try to defend. Because well, God forbid you say anything about anybody that they said has some sort of mental illness. You know, just like God forbid you say anything about a minority because you know, you're automatically racist. Yeah, that's it's what it always, has to be about. It's, it's always the extreme. It's never the middle. Right. It's never like, hey, yeah, they have things going on in their life that maybe is taking their concentration off this particular event at this particular time. Right. That's a lot different than saying mental illness. Yeah. That's not a mental illness. That's like life. We all have things. <laughs> that... But sometimes criticism is, is justified. It's reasonable. Yeah reasonable criticism and it doesn't mean that you hate them either right. or you know yeah it doesn't have to go to that extreme. well and that's what i'm saying it's yeah. always the extreme with them. exactly it's like once you say something you, you see if you say colin kaepernick is a garbage quarterback you know was a garbage quarterback after his first he i say it all the time his first season he looked really good yeah he had a great season he looked really good he came back for a second season and he was terrible and then when he, he started and then everyone's like he needs another shot no the last thing people in that in that profession know is that he was very unsuccessful yeah. in his second and I guess 
second and a half season because I think he played like half the season of the third year or something like that. Um, and he was garbage. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he deserves another chance. There's other quarterbacks out there that are much better than him. Right. And if you want to give him another chance, be my guest. Yeah. But I'm just telling you what they're thinking because they're like, no, he, he there's minus the circus that he would bring to a right. team. Yeah. And they don't want that headache. Anyway. Right. And then, you know, Tim Tebow, to me, deserved more chances than he got in different places. But, uh, yeah, the people are afraid of the circus that he would bring to the team. But they That's automatically, but, but when you say those things, yeah. you're automatically racist. <laughs> automatically. Automatically. Like that yeah. is the, that is the 100% Colin Kaepernick go-to argument for anybody who says that he was not a good quarterback. You're racist. I always hated the argument too. Like, oh, well, a military veteran told him to, to kneel. So, so it's all yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Well, guess what? I can tell you a lot more that would not agree with that. Well, but doesn't that counteract their own argument? Yeah. So they're saying that by virtue of you saying that about him specifically, that you're racist against an entire community. However, they're using what supposedly one veteran said to represent the entire culture exactly. of veterans. Yeah. So they, they, they kill their own arguments all the time. Uh, and they hate being called out on that shit, too. Like when you call, like, oh, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. I called him a garbage quarterback talking about him specifically. Mm -hmm. But I'm a racist against an entire race of people. But because the word of one veteran is in favor of him, then all veterans must be in favor of him. That's your argument. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so anyway. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we had a good week. Uh, the weather here has been significantly better. However, having said that, I heard it's supposed to be cold this upcoming week mm. again. So that's going to be a Debbie Downer. Womp, womp. Yeah, you know, spring. It's April, man. As long as we're not getting snow, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah, yeah, Chris, I mean, what are you doing, man? Freaking wood because who knows? But uh, but anyway, uh, we will be back next week. We'll talk to you all then. Have a great one. Oh, quick reminder though, don't forget questions. I need questions for our show that's going to be on, I believe, the 29th or that weekend, whatever the weekend of the 29th. I think 29th is a Friday. So, uh, Megan, my wife. Is going to host the show. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be things you want to know about Chris through Megan's perspective. So you guys come up with questions. I need you to send them to me. You can put them on our Facebook page. You can send them to agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. That's agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. Send them in. We'll get them on there. Uh, she's excited. She wants to hear your questions and what you guys want to know about me. Uh, I'm not sure I share the same excitement. But we're going to do it anyway, so send those questions in, and we'll talk to you next week.